0: We are we are moving moving right along 1 Timothy chapter 5 verse verse 1 and remember as we go through this letter of Paul in his pastor in Ephesus, it's all about church structure, church organization, how the church of the living God is to function, how it's to govern itself and there is a God ordained way of it happening uh, with elders and with deacons and, and how to address spiritual issues within the church and praise God He gives us that order and we have it here uh, the workings of a local congregation is not a free for all it's not something that you you just kind of issue your best guess at. It's something that is not no, so, me. That no, yeah. oh, it's me. Oh, I just see uh, yeah. Oh, okay, thank you. Yeah, when I see her phone oh, no, There she is. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I know some of the time. <laughs> She's joining. So Janet can't be here tonight. So okay. Uh, uh, <laughs> so she would have. She would have done it. So okay. yeah. So we're first. First Timothy chapter five, looking at verse one. And again, God <coughs> didn't leave us in a free fall. Uh, there are definite instructions as how. We are to function. Chapter 5, verse 1. Rebuke not an elder, but entreat him as a father, and the younger men as brethren, the elder women as mothers, and the younger as sisters with all purity. Now, in other places, back over in 1 Timothy 3, when he was talking about uh, bishops, uh, the overseers, We talk about how the elders and bishops are the same, and I think that's the reason the Holy Spirit here uses the uh, the word elders. I guess context is is so important, and here it is. It's not talking about elders that are to rule like bishops, uh, the overseers. Although elders are called overseers, bishops, and other places, here it's strictly talking about the elderly men, the elderly women, and how they are to be treated and with respect, with reverence, uh, and it's important to identify them. Uh, mainly it's us with gray hair. That's probably <laughs> the best thing the need is. But I think it's rebuke, not an elder. <laughs> Tom's just getting rarer, rarer. Sorry, sorry about that. we're And uh, but rebuke, not an elder, uh, basically do not find, uh, do not find fault with. Uh, without cause. And he's going to give us instructions how uh, how to deal with elders that are in positions of authority, overseers, if you, if you will. But here is how to, to deal with the elderly in your church. And I think it has everything to do with the amount of respect and honor that you pay them. Uh, I, I think that it's... That it's important that we. on oh, a second, Diana. I think it's important that we uh, understand from God's word that a lot of the countries in, around the world do a whole lot better job than we do here in the United States in how we yes. respect our elders. Yes. Japan, yes. China, other there are some Oriental countries uh, that. Are much better at honoring their elderly. Uh, their culture demands it. And unfortunately, our culture does not demand it. I mean, China's, they're screwed in a lot of other ways and don't want to be part of them. But at the same time, there's that Oriental mindset that really does understand the importance and the respect of, of elderly. Uh, I think that's what, what Paul is talking about here. Rebuke not an elder. Don't look down upon them, Uh, utilize them. Uh, Proverbs talks about the the gray-headed ones and how important it is to to learn from them and listen to them because there is is wisdom. And here Paul is saying, rebuke not an elder, but treat him as a father uh, with with utmost respect, with utmost honor, and the younger men as brethren. The bottom line is, especially when you throw verse two in here, we're family, amen. Mm-hmm. We're family. The church is to be the family of God. We're the body of Christ, and we are part of the family of God. And it's important that we look at each other in that fashion. We treat each other in that fashion with respect, with love, with honor, with caring. Um, and if one part of the body hurts, If one person in in this body hurts, we're all supposed to hurt. We're all supposed to care. We're all supposed to want to come to their rescue with with a healing bomb and do what we can in order to relieve that. We've talked many times, Philippians 2, let each esteem others better than themselves. And I'm telling you, if that were to happen, You would not have the church divisions and the divisiveness and the splits that you have. But each, let this mind be in you, which is also in Christ Jesus. uh, Although he was equal with God, and he didn't think that was robbery to be equal with God, uh, but he laid aside his glory and he humbled himself. We're going to do the same thing. That's the mind of Christ, and let each esteem others better than themselves if each person is doing that that means number one there's no room for ego number two you're going to put that other person's interest ahead of yours so you're not your ego your whether you're right or whether you're wrong should never enter into except with except for the word of God. I'm not saying you don't stand for the truth of the word of God, because you do. But there's even a way that you handle that. But rebuke not an elder, but you treat him as a father, and the younger men as brethren, the older women as mothers, and the younger as sisters with all purity. All purity, all. The, the word purity speaks for itself, and how we are to address one another how we are to handle uh, that relationship as brothers, sisters, mothers, fathers, uh, as as a as a family. Uh, Titus, when we get over to Titus, Titus talks uh, to to the elder, the elderly ladies that the each women the elder women, verse, chapter two verse three. Likewise, that they be in behavior becoming becoming holiness. Uh, not false accusers, not given to much wine, teachers of good things, that they may teach the young women to be sober, to love their husbands, and to love their children. Isn't it interesting that men are ordered, husbands, love your wives, Um, but the women need to be taught to love their husbands, maybe because we're just not that loving. Love them. I don't know, but I I just think that's interesting. When we get to Titus, we'll get into that in more detail, but that's a specific instruction, that the older women are to teach the younger women how to love their husbands, how to, and I think that's from the word of God, and I think it's important that uh, the young young mothers, the young wives, uh, they understand counsel from the older women uh, that have been gone through marriage, uh, they they need to take some of these younger women, uh, these new mothers under their wing and support them and give them uh, time and attention they need. You now, think of Mary Beth. Uh, I, I think it's going to be important that we stand there with Mary Beth as she uh, adjusts to. Marriage uh, with, with whether it be with Stacy, I mean uh, uh, Jamie. I mean, we start going through all the list of young young women here who have recently been married. There's an obligation if we have there, especially the older women, I call them the, older women uh, the, the elderly women. You have an obligation, just as I think the men have an obligation uh, to teach. The young men and can teach others. And when we hit second Timothy <coughs> 2, that's when we're gonna be jumping on that. Uh, that the things that you've heard of me, Paul tells Timothy to teach to younger, uh, the same commit faithful men and to teach other faithful men. We, we have that obligation. Verse three. I oh, do that question, I'm sorry. I just I heard somebody getting on there. Oh, no, I think everybody's on coming on. So we'll do right now. But thank you. Verse three. Honor widows that are widows indeed. God's word has a requirement on how we are to serve those elderly women who are indeed. The, the church has a responsibility. Uh, our our I think this includes financial responsibility. Uh, today in, in America with Social Security and with the system that we have, it's not as necessary as it was back in these days where there was absolutely no one uh, to take in. It was the responsibility of the church. We've, we've discussed the fact that I think the church would have uh, a lot more influence in these people's lives. If, if uh, the government didn't take care of them from to the grave, uh, I think if the church has stepped in will people be become dependent on the government where once they were dependent upon uh, the, the ministry and the charity of, of the church. But there are restrictions even, even with this. Honor uh, widows, and I think that's, when it talks about honor widows, that's talking about a financial responsibility that are widows indeed. But if any, if they're not a widow, if, if they're not a widow, the church has no obligation. And I think that's what Paul is getting across here to Timothy, because there would be an onslaught of people trying to take advantage, draining that local congregation, draining that local church of its resources Prohibiting it from doing the ministry that it needs to do, uh, so you you have to draw the line. That's what Paul's telling Timothy, and that there are people that would take advantage of that and basically be freeloaders if, if there weren't guidelines. And one of the guidelines here is uh, they have to be over sixty. Now, when you stop and think about it, back. Here, when Paul was writing to Timothy, sixty was pretty old. Was sixty was was pretty old. It makes you wonder if what what is that? Uh, what's that limit today? Because here, there was it was 60, 60 years, and if they if they weren't over sixty. You didn't you did have them. There were other things that that had to you have to do the help. But if any widow have children or nephews, that's any kind of relations, grandchildren, nephews, nieces, any kind of family relations, but if any widow have children or nephews, let them learn first to show piety at home. In other words, let allow the family to take care of them. That's big. That's important. Because families need to be responsible for families, biblical, biblical. Uh, it is, in my opinion, and I think it's a shame that the church is allowed the government. And I mean, the government forced itself on families, but the government pretty much steps into the role of the church. So the government has <coughs> uh, influence over over these people where the church used to have influence and the government today can be very ungodly. Mm-hmm. And it, it can lead people astray. But if any widow have children or nephew, family, if they have family, let them learn first to show, piety at home. That's where the widows go to get help, at home. And to requite their parents, for that is good and acceptable before God. Let the family take care of their own. Now she that is of a widow indeed, and desolate trusts in God, and continues in supplications and prayers night and day, but she that liveth in pleasure is dead while she liveth. Paul is talking to him about, be careful, watch out for self-indulgence. There is a sense of individual responsibility here that Paul is talking about. Uh, Remember he's in Ephesus, remember the temple of Diana. It's not that that Paul hates women. He's not a misogynist, and certainly God is not a misogynist. Uh, God God created women. Uh, Matter of fact, I think he was the crowning point of creation. You have to understand, in this culture here, in this time, there were those who would absolutely take advantage of a system of support, partly because their mindset was, when they were in the temple, especially the temple prostitutes, it was the temple that took care of them. <coughs> so uh, they needed money, that's where they went. They, Support, that's all. So as these people are coming to know the Lord Jesus and they're getting saved, um, Paul is sending out a warning to, to the that she that lives in pleasure, uh, literally, she that does as she pleases, uh, it's not good for the body of Christ. And it's pointing to self-indulgence. And these things give in charge, these things command, that they may be blameless. But if any provide not for his own, and especially for those of his own house, he hath denied the faith and is worse than an infidel. We talked a little bit about that last week. If a man doesn't work, neither should he work. (laughs) Mm -hmm. If a man doesn't work, you should eat. That's a far cry from Matthew 10, Matthew chapter 6, take no thought of what you're going to eat, what you're going to, again, that's another extremely dispensational point of showing that there's been change, where prior to that they would sell everything they had, they would give it to the poor, they would take no thought of what they were going to wear to the kingdom, your heavenly father knows you have need of all these things. Because what time period were they about to enter into? <coughs> tribulation, the day of the Lord, and so it was. It was important that uh, at that time that they realized that there was only going to be seven years to the tribulation, and that they were to hold all things common. That's why they held all things common there in Acts chapter four. They sold everything they had, they held it in common, preparing for. They were preppers. Talk about preppers. That's what they were. They were preparing for the tribulation. It's exactly what they were told to do. At this time, Israel has been blinded. Israel has been set aside. The kingdom has been put in abeyance temporarily until the time of the Gentiles come in. This is a different program, a different time. Uh, There are absolutely different marching orders for the church, the body of Christ. Uh, And this is one of the primarily. Where is you know. that in Scripture? Oh. Where is that in the Bible? Oh. Where, when a man doesn't work, he shouldn't okay. eat. Look at 1 uh, Corinthians. If somebody can find it real quick, if you do, just yell it out. 2 Thessalonians chapter 3, verse 10. For even when we were with you, this we commanded you, that if any would not work, neither should he eat. Pretty pretty plain. And and that's the whole point. There's a structure here that Paul is trying to get Timothy. He is addressing an important issue, I think a pressing issue, during this time here in, in Ephesus. Verse 9, let not a widow be taken into the number under 60 years of age. No, don't take the well, uh, Verse 10, well reported up for good works if she has brought up children, if she has lodged strangers, if she has washed the saints' feet, if she has relieved the afflicted, if she has diligently followed every good work. In other words, if she is a, she's a Christian, if she's following the Lord, not her works have saved her, but basically, here are some identifiers. Here, here's how you know that this woman loves God. She's she's gone out and done these things. Here is evidence that she's caring, that she's loving. There, there has to be some evidence that this person uh, knows God and I don't want to use the word deserve but the church has limited resources right the church has a, it, if we were to say we're going to start giving free monies to people uh, the church this church would be full <laughs> but it would be full uh, of people coming for the wrong reason that you come coming for physical gain not spiritual not that we don't want to help, but we have and we absolutely we absolutely do want to help. But there, you have to be wise. You have to be helpful, and to the people who are part of your congregation, I get calls all the time for people saying, "Can you pay my electric bill? Can you put my family up for a Can you uh, do you?" Can I buy some groceries? Can, can you buy us some groceries? And we try to help uh, those as much as we can. But we've pretty much, because we're getting so many we've pretty much come up with a, a uh, program now that if, if they don't attend church, it has to be a pretty dire need uh, for us to step in and help us, anybody that comes in and needs help. But uh, if they're a member of our church, if they're affiliated with our church, if they attend our church, uh, we're, we're going to help them. We're going to help them. Somehow, way. we're going to help them if they and their family are, are needing with no questions asked. Because I think that's what God's called us to do. Uh, when I get a phone call saying, hey, can you help me with my electric bill? Uh, I'll say, you know what? We, we would love to do that. But you're going to need to come to the church. We're going to uh, meet you. We want to visit with you for a little bit because we want to share the gospel we don't want to say yeah we're going to write you a check and give it to you come
1: come to not church that. Yeah. And,
0: and i'll meet you after and we'll visit uh, you just gotta be gotta be wise in how you deal with those issues and i think that's what paul was telling timothy here to do and not because he hates he hates women uh first thing well reported for your good works if she brought up children. Uh, verse 11, but the younger widows refuse, for when they have begun to wax once and against Christ, they will marry. Now what in the world does that mean? What is that? The younger, it's not that Paul hates women, he doesn't hate women. He just knows, especially in these times, that there, and things have changed. I, you, you need to understand that things have changed. They were desperate during this period of time. And not that there's anything wrong with coming to a church uh, and hopefully finding a godly man, a godly woman, and holy matrimony uh, ensues, but these widows were coming looking for a
1: handout
0: but mainly looking for a husband, mainly looking for a husband. And their focus was on finding a husband, finding security, finding security, not a ministry. And that's what Paul is addressing in I think. That he, he's, he's saying, no, if it's a widow, number one, their family's supposed to look after them, their children are supposed to look after them. Those, uh, and then if, if there's a situation, you, know, yeah, you, you don't want to help if they're part of your church. But, uh, but if the younger widows refuse, for when they had begun to wax wanton or against Christ, they, they will marry. Their focus changes. They get comfortable. They get secure. And, and so and they turn their attention away from wanting to serve God to making commitments, making promises to... Really looking for a husband. I, I think that's where it's going to go. They don't older ones. Say that don't mar- don't marry again. Well, Paul, that, 1 Corinthians seven, he says now He says in these present times, basically, it's better to marry than to burn with, with passion. Uh, uh, Paul talks about during these present evil times, I'd rather that you be like me. He was unmarried at that point, um, but but Paul says here in verse twelve. Uh, having condemnation, not damnation, but having condemnation, big, big difference in that world. Uh, because they have passed off, they've rejected their first faith. They've they rejected what they first believed. And, and I think that's the key to understanding why you're careful with how you minister to these women. women. And with and with all this... And with all they learn to be idle. Paul addresses, he starts giving his reasons. And with all they learn to be idle, wandering about from house to house, not only idle, but Tadler's also and busybody, (coughs) speaking things which they are not. Uh, The focus has changed. There's a corruption that what was going on in Ephesus was bringing into the church. And basically, this is big warning signs that Paul was throwing out there. Be careful, be careful, be careful uh, because of what what's going on. Uh, verse 14, i give it back to you. Verse 14, I will therefore that the younger women marry, bear children, guide the house, Give none occasion to the adversary to speak reproachfully. He's addressing evidently a serious issue. There were women coming in, I, I would suppose, because of the temple of Diana being there, and their expectation, and things that were happening were not not good. And so Paul is saying, you need to come up with these guidelines. Where you all these women that are coming in, these widows, and probably quite a few, because of these very difficult times, Paul is Paul is instructing him how to be loving, to be caring, uh, but also to be wise in how he, he deals. London then court. What, what exactly does the word wanton mean? Uh, to be wanton. Uh, to be careless, uh, to be... But so see, now that she said exactly what I yeah. always thought. I thought it was trashy. Trashy. What do you have In your morals. Yeah. Wanton in your morals. Careless in your morals. Not really... Yeah. So that, that list you gave about what they do, mangroves over from right. place to place. yeah. Reason body, speaking things which they are. Uh, wandering from house to house. Um, yeah, that's wandering, not being wanton. Uh, that was up a little bit for right. You mean chasing after them? I think part of it. I think that's kind of you read between the lines. That's what was being addressed, I think here. And so you need, where is the word wanton? It's, it's the end of verse 11. 11. Yeah. Verse 11. And he was a, the uh, well, wha- eternal yeah, wax wanting against. You wrote Yeah. Uh, the Bible I have says, they call it in this Bible, central desires. Causing sexual excitement, sensual. muscle sensual. Uh, but it also mischievous. So I guess when I'm always Wanton yeah, is I always mischievous, uh, mischievous. But that, but again, that that definition, that definition really speaks more to the issue that I think Paul was facing here. Um, was the expectation that a widow would not remarry? So a widow that was being supported by the church who was over sixty and met the criteria that she wouldn't be looking for. Another husband. If she's over sixty, that might be the last thing that she's that she's looking for. Uh, for Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. But say (laughs) nowadays, women over sixty—that's that's that's a totally Mm -hmm. sixty's not old (laughs) anymore. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. Sixty's the new (coughs) forty. Hey, I think so. Sixty. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, it really is not. It just kind of a similar question. Um, at the end of nine, it says uh, having been the wife of one man. Does that mean like only at the same time, or like for example, if a lady had her, she's had two husbands, they both passed, like would she still qualify? Yeah. Okay. I, 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 I think, that was was a big issue during this time, and so there just had to be guidelines. And I think they they came out of a pagan, extremely pagan belief system. And again, I, I can't emphasize enough the temple of Diana being there and all that that, that threw into the mix. I mean, imagine here in St. Louis. If, if there was a pagan temple to the goddess Diana, Artemis, and it was a place for prostitution, it it would affect it would affect this the city. It was definitely affecting the city, the city here. So Diana was a uh, pagan temple. Oh yes, oh, I've yeah, okay. I've never heard of before. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Diana, well, she was a goddess. Okay. Uh, I mean, not, not real one. Yeah, not a real one. She was a false god, but they made her a, Well, Diana, the name Diana and Artemis are synonymous. But they were one was Greek, the other was Roman. Mm-hmm. So, all right, let's move on. Verse 15 For some have already turned aside after Satan. Evidently, It was a serious problem, and people's testimonies were at stake. If any man or woman that believes has widows, let them relieve them, and let not the world, of church be charged, that it may relieve them that are widows. Yeah, that, that, oh, that's, that's what Paul's trying to say. That's what he's trying to get at. If any man or woman that believes has widows, let them. Take care of your own. That's what it means. OK, any questions about any of that? Don't worry. What, again, the wax word. What wax means that you have to become, start becoming, to wax. For wax eloquently, means to speak, yeah. It just means to grow. Yeah. The wax means wax on. <laughs> verse 17 here we go let the elders that rule now this is called, this goes back to the overseers the, using that term elders uh still for the older the older people but pointing toward those that rule overseers Let the elders that rule will be counted worthy of double no honor Especially they who labor in the word and doctrine, in other words, those that are pastoring, those that are teaching. Um, it's important that uh, their income, their livelihood, be taken care of by by the church. It, it's it's a legitimate uh, expense of the church, caring for the widows, caring. For For the scripture says, Thou shalt not muzzle the ox that treads out the corn, and the laborer is worthy of his reward. Uh, in 1 Corinthians 9, nine, it talks about he's worthy of his hire. Uh, that goes back to Deuteronomy 25.4. No the, the ox. Uh, you don't muzzle the ox that treads out the corn. You, you let them eat some of the corn. You let them eat from... Their labor, from their activity. It's important. Uh, personally, I'm really glad the scripture's here. I mean, I'm really glad the scripture's <laughs> Remember, <Right. laughs> I called <I, I, laughs> you Our church takes really good care They asked me 25 years ago what my salary needs were, and I told them way back then. Never had to mention it again. Never had to. Never had to say anything to this church. A faithful, kind, but I'm glad they believe the Scripture. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, Bible. So it's, it's a Bible-believing church, and I'm thankful. Verse 19: Against an elder, receive not an accusation but before two or three witnesses. So if one of our elders get into trouble or say something or do something, um, you you need to be very careful how you address that issue. One of the 10 commandments is not to bear false witness. Well, this is talking about that. Against an elder, receive not an accusation, unless you have two or three people that have witnessed, and even then, there's a certain way of going about it. You don't you, you, you don't take it lightly, uh, accusing an elder of wrongdoing. You know why? Because the world just goes into a frenzy, a feeding frenzy. The world loves for a pastor elder, a church leader, to falter and fall. It, it's always amazed me how athletes yeah. and movie stars, they can be as corrupt, they can be as yeah. evil, and yeah. their actions are applauded. Politicians. Politicians, yeah, I mean Politicians, yeah. uh, not even politicians aren't applauded the way the expectation of politicians is not quite. It's fine. It, it, yeah. Uh, but you let, you, let a Christian, you let a Christian fall and stumble, and I'm telling you, it's like piranhas. Mm-hmm. Like piranhas. And that's, that's unfortunate. But that's the reason the why church. The, the church doesn't need to shoot itself in the foot. That if you know something that's going on... Uh, the best thing to do is—you know, you have to have two witnesses, yeah. and, and that, that was under mosaic law. By the way, uh, I, I'm thinking of a time when there was a pastor that lived. So there was a pastor who, <laughs> who lived in a neighborhood, and uh, he had there was a lady that came in and kind of took care of the cooking and the cleaning and it was a nice neighborhood and the church took good care of him. Well there were two men of the church that walked past the parsonage that where the pastor lived every day. And one day they saw him at the door, he was leaving, and the maid was at the door and he hugged the maid and he kissed her and She turned around and walked back into the house, and the pastor went and he saw the two guys, and he said, "Hey, how are you?" "Very much "Oh, that's pretty good." And it really bothered them. Uh, But fortunately, they went to the other elders and said, "We just like need to tell you this—that we saw him kissing the lady." And the pastor was called in seriously. The pastor was called in. And what he had to show them and tell them and inform them of was that the cook and the maid was sick. She wasn't able to be there. And so the wife thought it would be fun and funny to dress right. up like the maid <laughs> and all. And so that's actually what happened. So it, it's, a, it's a joke and it's funny, but, but, Can you imagine how something could have spread and how things could have gotten out of hand? And so these two witnesses went, uh, it could have have turned ugly. So against an elder received not an accusation but before two or three witnesses. And then the sin. But you know what? If their accusations are real, if they're true, them that sin <coughs> rebuke openly criticize openly criticize before all that others also may fear You uh, take action and I think the action is to be so by the way the church is a ministry of restoration not destruction right the church is, 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 is for restoration. If a pastor does struggle it's fall and fall and all the things that can go wrong, um, the heart of the church should be to see that man, or that glory to be restored to the fellowship, not destroyed. destroyed. I think the world's going to be good at doing that anyway. And not, but not the yeah. church. Not think that that's what Paul's getting at here. Let them that sin rebuke. Uh, and, I, and I think it's a strong rebuke. I charge thee before God and the Lord Jesus Christ and the elect angels that thou observe these things without preferring one before another, doing nothing by partiality. Again, that's, how do you minister to people? Minister without showing partiality. One of the reasons that I refuse to know what anyone gives to this church is I know me. You can't help but show partiality to those who give. I only know what fame I give. I, don't, I have no idea what anybody else gives to the church. Don't want to know. I, I, I might don't sign any checks to the church. I, I don't want to show partiality. Because I think God's Word's supposed to that. do not show partiality. Um, I don't care how much a person makes. What I care about is the a person's growing in Christ. If they're studying God's Word, if they're serious about serving God, that's, that's what we need to care about. More than else. Okay, we'll stop there. We'll get started. Any questions? Any, any comments? Yeah. Just, uh, one quick thing. Um, just theoretically, like, let's say I hear something about an elder. I mean, I've, I'm the only one who sees it, who's heard it, you know, can't confirm it. Like, what's what's the next step? I mean, do I tell someone else, I mean, that's like gossip, or do I go to you, or like, yeah. or well, no, I guess I, I in general. They, be. I, I think if you heard something... Come to me yeah. and then I will, yeah. we'll talk about it. Yeah. And if I can explain it or if I can uh, normally take you with me and go and say, yeah. this is something that's, that's come up and uh, need for you to uh, let's, let's talk about this. Again, with the attitude, with the humble attitude of restoration, you know, not, you know what oh. I and then if if it wants, then we'll call the elder board to yeah. we'll call the elder board to the and then the elder board yeah. will be the ones to decide how far how far it's taken. Okay. Can exactly. I to take. Sure. The males. The pastor the elders mm-hmm. and the deacons are all males. Yes, there are deaconesses, but they still have to be subject to your own husbands. The women do not run the church from the bottom up. No. If you can't say something nice about somebody, just shut your mouth and don't be gossiping around. Well said. Well Pastor, we'll <laughs> is it two witnesses Does that apply at home life too? Uh, to home life? Yeah, for home. You know what I mean? If you bring somebody else in, something's going wrong, and you approach first. That wrong? I guess I don't. I don't understand. Tom's yeah, I mean, question: yeah. Does that go for the home life too? Yeah. If there's something yeah. going on. Yeah. Well, I. I think because you and your know wife, I'm, I'm. assuming it's with the wife. Yes. Then you go to her and you say, "Honey, uh, we need to talk about something." And then if if she'll listen to you, because you're the head of the home, you you are the spiritual leader of the home. Uh, but when you you should be. And be if that, if that, that doesn't transpire, if that doesn't happen, then there's I think there's nothing wrong with you saying, uh, "I let's go talk to the pastor," the or "Let's go talk to an elder." What I did was let one of my family members the And there for. Oh, I saying. Yeah, I think sometimes the best. I think sometimes it's best not to bring anybody in. Yeah, anybody. I, I think you need you need to take it to someone who's going to keep. See that the scary thing, the frightening thing, is taking it to people that's going to want to blow it out of proportion, or two, so just you have to blow it out of proportion. Just tell somebody or someone mm-hmm. that will that's, take right. sides. Tell Richard, <laughs> hey, I saw him walk in. Sorry, um, I oh, sorry to All right, well, you yeah. are Thank you. dismissed. <laughs>